We welcome you in to the 2023 Year End Awards hosted by Dan Canobio and the former 140-pound world champion, the Regal, Chris Algieri. What a year it was, Chris. We're in 2024, but before you look forward, you got to take a look back. 2023 was the year that gave us everything in boxing, just about everything. We will go through it all and more. Hand out awards, talk about major themes, pump ourselves up. We look outstanding. You look great. I'm wearing corduroy pants, but you can't see them. How are you, Chris? <laughs> I do, that just made me look down like, yep, I've got khakis on. But um, listen, I'd like to thank the Academy. I mean, excuse me. We are, we're, I'm sorry. I, I forgot who, what we're doing here. Yeah, we're hosting this thing. I'm actually not getting an award for once. So that's just you might get an award. Me. You never know. I mean, media I, man, new media man on the block. Watch what you know what's going to happen, Dan. This is this is cool, but also unfortunate. I'm going to make it in the Boxing Hall of Fame, but not as a fighter. Watch a pundit. Mark my words. Mark my words in 20 years from now. I'm going to be in, in the Hall of Fame for not 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 being a fighter. Hopefully we're boxing. both we both get in that same year and we're going down the streets of Cantastota and we're having a wonderful Cantastota. time. But now we must hand out our awards. What a year. 2023. Started off a little slow, but things picked up in a big way. So many big moments happened in the year. We were lucky to be at a lot of the big fights, covering them. Um, before we get into what happened in the world of boxing, how about just patting ourselves on the back a little bit? The Inside Boxing Live brand skyrocketed in 2023. I pulled up some of the numbers, Chris. We added uh, almost 14,000 subs on uh, on YouTube this year. 5.8 million views. Uh, over 100,000 hours worth of content. For you guys at home, that's just on YouTube, uh, you know, social media. We have been just plugging along. It was a great year, and I think it coincides with boxing having a great year. You know, people were interested in, in the sport this year. They wanted to find the, the best coverage, and they came to Inside Boxing Live. So thank you, everyone out there. Well, after a year like this, you know, it made our jobs easy. We had we had a lot to cover. We had a lot of content to fill, but we got to send an award out to our our, our listeners for, for tuning in consistently. I get so many texts from you guys all the time saying like, oh, I love what you guys are doing. Trust us. We love hearing that. And it's very cool to get to comments and, and whatnot. So yeah. you got to we got to send some flowers out to the fans. Yeah, the well. IBL, the, the loyal IBL listeners um, were able to go out to big fights and partner with uh, great partners, PPV.com to be uh, one of them to be exact. They'll be sending us out to big fights this year, too. So it's not going to change this year. Those are rookie numbers. They're going to pump those up. We're going to double, triple, quadruple them in 2024. We have a lot of big plans for that. But first, let's talk about 2023, Chris. Um, I have some themes here, some talking points. Theme number one, and I think this year everyone would agree, the biggest thing was the return of the big fight, the mega fight, the big one. It started with Benavidez Plant. And went over to Tank Ryan, Spence Crawford, Inouye Fulton, Canelo Charlo, Fury and Ganu. You know, throw Inouye in there in his his second fight. Some of the heavyweight fights we saw in Saudi Arabia. The big fight returned in 2023 in a very big way. Yeah, I think um, you know we saw for 2022 like was almost like a lost year. We were we were really upset at the end of last year. We lost a lot of the big fights, especially in the second half. First half started off well, but. Um, but talking about the big fight, you know, I think there was this residual damage from from COVID, from the you know, the pandemic. We, no one was coming out for the big fights. They were, big fights weren't being made. And I remember we went out for the Ryan Tank Ryan fight, and being like, "All right, this feels like a this feels like a fight week, like a real deal fight week." And that was I, that was the first one I think since um, since the pandemic where we were like, "Yeah, boxing's back, baby," and it's back in a big way. And that just opened up the floodgates to the rest of the year. Do you think it was 
it just had we had to get that one first one off. And obviously, yeah. Benavidez plant um, kind of gets forgotten about, but it was the first big one. They, those two had been circling each other for years. Um, they finally got in there, and that was like a you know they were in their thirties. Or plant is just about a little bit over thirty. Benavidez is under under thirty years old, so that was new. So that felt like the first big one. And then it was like a you know like a domino effect. I would say Tank Ryan in April was the big one. That was the one we wanted for years. Those are two guys mm-hmm. that are under twenty five years old or just about that. Oh, excuse me, Tank's a little bit older, but you know what I mean. In their prime, mega fight. Uh, big commercial success. Then I think it was just almost like a, a a lot of things played into it. But I think it was a domino effect of if you were a big fighter, or if you were a a a, a marquee name in 2023, and you weren't looking out for your, the biggest fight possible, you're almost lost and you're almost forgotten about. But everyone got in there. But I think Benavidez Plant and then Tank Ryan really got it going. Then I also you know thought it was just like a domino effect. We we're seeing like one fighter was like, oh wait, I'm. We can do that, like Tank Ryan. Like I, I want that attention. You know, I think Crawford felt that. I want that spotlight. Well, I, I think that's exactly you're exactly right about that. And and not that Plant and Benavidez. Not, I'm not trying to poo poo that one or, or or downplay it. I know that was a big fight, but that, that seemed almost like a like you know regular. That's a fight that we needed that needed to happen. It was important for rankings. It was important for the next step. But like with the Tank Ryan fight, that was like, oh no, these kids are going to take risks. This is a risky fight. This fight didn't need to happen. Yeah, sure, it's commercially successful. Yeah, sure, guys have big, big fan bases, but like they need to fight each other. It wasn't, it wasn't a mandatory. It wasn't for a title. It was any, these guys are fighting because they were, they want to take a risk against each other. And I think that opened up, you know, these other fighters to be like, hey, these guys are getting a lot of attention for mm. taking risks. We need to take some risks too if we want to get out there. Stephen Fulton going out to Japan. That was a risk. It was a big risk. Yeah, that's the fight to make, but going out there happily. You know, was was a risky move, and I think this was the year of fighters taking risks, and we as fans benefited. Yeah, and I think as fans, we were kind of um, getting away from the whole "oh, next to your name" the Mayweather effect. You know, it took quite a long time for that to wear off, and for fans to understand, okay, Ryan Garcia took a loss, but you know, we're still going to see him in big fights, and some of these fighters took losses, like uh, you know, Caleb Plant still want to see him fight a uh, uh, Jamal oh, Charlo yeah. down the line. I think we're getting slowly away from that. It's not fully gone, but I think that. If you're going to ask for big fights as fans, you have to understand that someone is going to come out on the losing end, uh, you know, albeit if there's a draw. But you're going to come out on the losing end and don't – we saw it with Ryan a little bit, but don't you know, discredit that the losing fighter. Celebrate the fact that they're willing to take risks, and I think that's what we learned at least in Tank Ryan. Uh, a lot of it came out that with the whole saga with the rehydration clause and, and all that. That whole fight right there could have – that was such a big moment in the sport. And then you move on. A fight that I forgot was Haney and Lomachenko. It was just a month later in May. Yep. Another big one, uh, not so much of a risk-taking for, for Lomachenko, but definitely for, for, for Devin Haney. And that fight, I feel oh, no, like no, – that was, that was, I disagree. That was a big risk for Lomachenko. Fighting the younger guy where you have as, as not as much to gain is very risky. And Lomachenko took that. I, I tip my hat for him. They're taking the young, hungry stud. That, that's 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 a risk. Right. A bigger risk for Haney. But, and, but Lomachenko, it was him going for what had eluded him his entire career. And the one last piece for him was the undisputed title at, at lightweight, a weight that he should never have been fighting at. He's not a lightweight. <laughs> and um, No. But, you know, that was a big one. That one, probably the most contentious fight in terms of who won. I think it's going to be debated for a, a while. It's one of those types of fights where it was high class, and we're going to get into our awards for fighter, fighter of the year, fighter of the year, and all that. Uh, that's definitely in discussion, Haney and Lomachenko, but that was just May, and then we get into the summer months where things just really took off. Remember that, that, that there was a week where we went from Inouye Fulton 
to Spence Crawford in like a four day span. And it was like equivalent to like a boxing fans like Super Bowl. It was like a Super Bowl week where we're getting two major fights, two uh, three pound for pound guys out of the four. Fulton, a uh, great fighter in, in his own uh, regard. But that week right there, the Spence Crawford in a way Fulton week was, I think, the highlight, the peak of 2023. Yeah, and it, it was it was funny because I mean we said it multiple times on the show. The summer months are usually kind of slow, especially from like you know mid July to end of August, really. And that we had the, we had the biggest fights of the year, and it was because the Inway fight got pushed back. Right, the Spence fight, which we never thought was going to happen, you know, got pushed back to the summer months, and it was just like wow, we got like a we have a solid, not I mean more than solid, we have a home run July. And I mean, I was exhausted after that weekend. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, we were bro. out there for one, but also the anyway fight. It was like it was just nonstop, rapid fire, great fights. And, and listen, if you really look at it in hindsight, you, you're saying top pound for pound guys. Like there was three of the top four pound for pound fighters fighting in a five day period. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that was an awesome time. And you know, being out in Vegas for Spence Crawford, um, that to me was like the the big one, the the, the big one everyone wanted. I think the, yeah. the sporting world stopped for a little bit. It had crossover appeal. You know, we were there in full effect. There were celebrities, there were athletes at the game. Uh, excuse me, at the fight, and we were finally getting that big fight. And and obviously Crawford came out on top. And all debate if he's the fighter of the year or what he what type of year he had. But that month, uh, that week, I should say, in late July, early August was so exciting. Then we moved into Canelo Charlo, and we had Fury and Ganu, and then we had the Day of Reckoning uh, with all the heavyweights, and it was a great year for the big fight. I think the big fight is back. I'm hoping it's not a one-off type of thing, because as we know as a boxing fan, it's like one great year is followed by a down year. Uh, it's followed by you know a little bit of the promoters counting their money and not trying to make those best fights and getting back to some of these mismatches and you know these obligations you have to the networks. Do you think it's going to be that type of thing, or do you think this is the new wave? I think we're entering a, a, a new wave of these guys fighting each other, having big years. Um, boxing just can't sit back anymore. UFC's gotten big enough that it's it's actually starting to, to put pressure on the promoters and it's putting pressure on the networks because performance matters. And for a long time, for boxing, it didn't it didn't matter. I, I, you know, a lot of our a lot of our years like watching you know in early 2000s and before that it wasn't that way these guys are very competitive we had really big fights but i think the last like 15 or so years the the promoters and the and the networks got kind of fat on their own supply and and were sitting on their on their laurels to a degree but in comes ufc pushing the limit and in terms of performance and and and, and putting up blockbuster numbers and uh putting out great content and boxing was behind on that and i think now boxing stepping into a new era where these guys are going to, they want the big fight. So I always say, oh, this guy's afraid to fight this guy. I, I always get so mad when, when casuals say that. I'm like, these guys are afraid of nothing. Trust me. You guys are fighters. They want to fight everybody. They want the biggest names possible. They want the biggest purses possible. I think now they're realizing they have to fight each other to, to get into that upper echelon um, yeah. recognition by the fan base. So now I think we're in that era. These guys are going to fight. Yeah. And I am, I'm, I'm, drooling over it <laughs> i'm excited i'm ready to run through a wall right now i i agree i go back to what i said before if you're in, if you're in your weight class and you're not seeking out the biggest fight in your weight class you are forgotten and that's the way it should be put your peers are putting pressure on each other just like in any other job or workforce like your peers should drive you to be better and we're seeing that uh in all these weight classes where you know the best are seeking out the best and if you are a, a, a uh like a i'll use Jamal Charlo, for an example, um, just because he only fought once and he was off for three years, like you, you have forgotten about. 
You know, yeah. I, I pretty much everyone. What have you done for me lately? It's that's a, that's the world we live in. Not only that, it's like you can't just come back and fight. You have to be in a meaningful fight uh, in 2023. If you weren't, if you weren't, then you were forgotten about or you're looked down upon, and that's just the way it is, and that's the way it should be. Another theme of 2023, Chris, and we're talking about big fights, and some of the biggest fights made this year were because of the emergence of Saudi Arabia. They are a major player in the sport of boxing, whether you like it or not. I think fans have warmed up to the fact because we're the biggest fights in the heavyweight division, at least, are going to be happening because of Saudi Arabia and a cost of their pockets and their willingness to throw out major cash, uh, whether it was Fury and Gano, whether it was the Day of Reckoning card, whether it was what we're going to see on February 17th with Tyson Fury and uh, Alexander Usyk. Saudi Arabia ain't going anywhere. And they are going to be a major player. It's it's going to go on by just not just heavyweights. It's going to go deeper than heavyweights. It's going to trickle into the lower weights too. The biggest fights might shift away, not maybe next year, from Las Vegas in the U.S. to Saudi Arabia. I'm not mad about it at all. I, and as fact that it's it's trickling down beyond the heavyweights, I dig that too because we get some of these these lighter weight guys to make that money. I I I, I appreciate it. And listen. That card we just saw, that Saudi card, the Day of Reckoning, which I don't understand what the name of that card was. It should have been the, the, the it should have been the, the the resurrection of the heavyweight division mm. or heavyweight resurrection. That would have been a much better name. But that could have never happened here. Way too many heavyweights on a card. And the reason for that for people at home, heavyweights are expensive. Their purses are bigger. Their their weight classes are bigger, their weights bigger, their bellies are bigger, their so are their purses. Their so, egos are bigger. Um, yeah, the egos are bigger. We well, maybe not. Um, but we 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 can't put those cards on like that here, but Saudi can. So uh, listen, I'm all for it. If it, if it, whatever's good for the sport is, is good for me. So good for the goose, good for the gander. But uh, I, I'm I'm down the new Saudi era. I'm I, I'm okay with it. I think wish, I wish I wish it was around when I was. Yeah, I was gonna say I wish you could have got some of those checks. Um, yep. you got the Macau money though. That's that's good money. Yeah, I, 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 listen, I made good money, but it would have been nice to have a rematch with Amir Khan in Dubai. Oh, baby. I'm not going to oh, lie. And bring the whole squad with you, the JM squad. Um, but I think what you're saying about like, yeah, I'm all for it. Hey, look at this. Got a little margarita. What is that margarita? Got a uh, martini. martini. This is regal. Come on, dude. What am I going to what, what am I gonna be drinking if I'm wearing a tux? This is regal right here. Um, but Saudi Arabia, like, I feel like the fans... At first, we're a little skeptical, right? It's like, wait a second, what are they, what are their interests? You know, what, how much do they really like the sport? Uh, what are they going to do? I'm, I'm not taking fights away from Vegas. We're taking fights away from the UK. The crowds are going to suck. But then we realized, like, listen, like, without them, we're not getting Fury Usyk. Without them, we're not getting these major cards. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think fans have completely done a 180. If they were against it, they are now supporting it. There are some people that are never going to like it because of all the political stuff or or the fact that it's taking away from fans watching fights that, uh, you know, like Fury versus uh, Joshua, if that's to happen. That should happen in Wembley, but it's probably going to happen in Saudi Arabia because career high paydays, you can't turn that type of money down. So I think boxing fans have understood that it's a good thing. Overall, it's a net positive because we're getting the fights. We don't have to worry about if this, that, and the other. Yeah, maybe it's at 5 p.m. And, and that doesn't suit you, or maybe the crowd is is not uh, you know, as live as it would be in Vegas, but the fights are happening. Isn't that the most important thing? Dude, I don't know. Uh, from If I can watch fights from noon till 6 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, I'm I'm happy. I, don't know, <laughs> I think I don't it's know great for content, too. 
Oh, it was amazing. It's great I mean, for your wives and great. girlfriends out I, there, boyfriends I, out there that don't have to deal with 11, 11 p.m., night, uh, 12 p.m. Yeah, night of fights. 12, 1, 12, 12 o'clock midnight, you're having the, the guys, the main events walking. Um, I would say, though, you know, I mean, American fans, American fans don't show up anyway. They don't go to the fights. So I, I would I would say that maybe the UK fans would be a little upset because right. they actually come out for fights. Wembley gets rocked. They get 80,000, 90,000 people in there. So if the fights move to Saudi, it's going to be more difficult to um, to just you know go to the fights. But maybe not because they travel, too. Um, but American fans, American fans don't come out. They watch the fights. So why do they care where it is? So I think for for American fans, it's 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 all up. It's all positive. I think that maybe the the European fans will have a little bit of an issue, but also they can jump on a plane to go to Dubai too. So I don't know. I think it's good for everybody. You talk about how U.S. fans uh, watch fights. Next year, you will be watching fights on Amazon Prime. That's another theme of 2023. Showtime says goodbye. Amazon Prime says hello. After 37 years, Showtime exits the boxing game, uh, and Amazon Prime steps up. This is massive. This is big. They have over 150 million subscribers. Um, you're going to see Shoulder Program. You're going to see All Access show up on Amazon Prime. You're going to see um, non-pay-per-view fights on Amazon Prime. I think this is a great thing. I uh, can't wait to see it roll out. I think March is where we're going to see the first uh, PBC on Prime pay-per-view. It should be a Tank Davis fight or it should be a Spence Crawford rematch, but it's going to be in March. My birthday month. There you go. Chris Algieri's birthday month. Everything is looking up. So Showtime is gone, but Amazon steps in, and now ESPN remains the only linear cable uh, carrier that has boxing on, on, on television. It's all going streaming. I think this is important. I think this is where the sport should be going. I think the faster you can embrace the streaming and get on board with that, yeah, it sucks in terms of your wallet and having to pay for the zone, ESPN Plus, and now Amazon Prime, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be seen by more people, and this is just in line with where media is going. So I'm very excited to see PBC on, on Amazon Prime. Oh, I'm glad you've come around, Dan. I was I was always very positive about this. So the, well, yeah, I was about against the it. optimist. Not that you were against it, but I think you know you're 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 maybe more upset about the the, the death of Showtime than maybe a little I bit. was. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I saw it more as a transition transitionary transition uh, transition airy uh, era that we're living in, where you know this listen this is this is where we have to go. The the the, the primetime premium movie networks hosting fights is over. That era is long gone. Probably should have died with HBO. And Showtime had a great run afterwards, but listen, we we are in a new age now. The the dissemination of of content is completely different. We have everything on these guys. People are just listening. It's the phone, man. Oh, you yeah. can watch everything on your phone. The access that we have now is is nearly unlimited, and it's only going to get more and more technologically advanced. So, uh, boxing is usually slow to catch up to everything, especially technology stuff. But now I think we're actually moving in a, a decent clip. We're, we're, we're these guys are learning, man. These promoters and these these guys are are are, are now. Like I said, I, I think that the UFC put, putting pressure on boxing is has now stepped had these guys need to step up, and we're seeing it. So here we are. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Cheers, cheers to the streaming era of of boxing and the dissemination of boxing content for the end of time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you're able to watch Nio in a way at seven in the morning East Coast with a crystal clear stream on ESPN Plus. Like 10 years ago, you weren't able to, to get that. And I'm able to watch the zone fights uh, if I'm at a bachelor party or I'm, uh, or I'm out or and I'm watching it on my phone. That's going to be the same thing with, with Amazon Prime. The biggest names, uh, Canelo Alvarez, Tank Davis, Terrence Crawford. You can make a case that they are three of the biggest stars in boxing. Will now be fighting on Amazon Prime. I'm curious to see how how the presentation looks. I've heard some rumblings that um, a lot of the Showtime people uh, behind the scenes will be part of Amazon Prime 
in terms of production. Uh, I don't know right what the well. what the front facing people are going to look like. Um, is it, I'm sure it's not going to be just a total Showtime uh, talent going over there. I want to see if Amazon Prime pulls out some of these things that we see with football. They have a whole next gen. Uh, separate broadcast that has all these behind-the-scenes stats and ways. I don't know if they're going to go that far, but I'm curious to see, um, you know, PBC and Amazon Prime trying to bring boxing telecasts uh, into the future. Very exciting. I, I can't wait to see how it looks, and I think boxing fans should be excited. It's a blow to the wallet for sure, uh, but a lot of people already have Amazon Prime, and a lot of people already, boxing fans are already buying these pay-per-views to begin with, so it's just a different, play to, different way to order them. You can still order them on ppv.com. And watch me and Chris. So you can do all that too. Um, but those are the major themes. I don't think I missed any. Return of the big fight. Saudi Arabia. Uh, and then how we're, how we're watching fights. I think that was the, the biggest three things in 2023. Would you agree? Anything, Chris? Um, one, this one's a little <clears throat> a little inside baseball, but this is, this is Inside Boxing Live, so why not? Um, I think this is the year of the, the bane of inactivity. A lot of our biggest fights were... Not necessarily decided, but the outcome was definitely related to yep. inactivity. We're looking at Tiafima Lopez versus versus Josh Taylor. Um, Tio was was active. He didn't look great in his, his, his upcoming fight. He had a tough fight with Sandor Martin. Um, I forgot the the Mexican fighter that he first came back with with, with, with top rank, but he kept he stayed busy. Mm -hmm. So when he fought Taylor, who had been super inactive, Taylor was just on a different level. Then we got Spence Spence and Crawford. Spence had been extremely inactive, and Crawford had fought in December. And again, it wasn't like a, an, an amazing performance, but it was a good performance. But he, he had fought much sooner than Spence did. Um, and then we saw this again now. Charlo. In a, well, Char well, Charlo, Charlo and, and Canelo. But I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know how much that would have made him. Or in Fulton, too. Fulton and Inouye. And then lastly, at the day of reckoning, Anthony Joshua hasn't looked great in his last couple of fights. Fought arguably the toughest guy that he's fought in his last three fights and looked the best. Deontay Wilder. Super inactive, yeah. puts up a dud of dud. a performance. So this this is under an underlying theme would be that inactivity is the bane to any fighter, young, middle, or old. And um, you got to stay active. And, and hopefully now with these streaming networks and these, and these ability for fighters to maybe have some more, more dates and more opportunities, these guys to stay active. Really good point. Um, all those big fights we talked about in the first theme, um, a lot of them had at least. One half uh, of the big fight. One of the fighters was coming off of like 15, 16 months. Yep. And uh, it did play a part. Uh, did play a part, especially in Spence Crawford, who, you know, after, after we see the end of this year, we're seeing so much revisionist, revisionist history in boxing. Um, revisionist. That's a good, that's a good yeah. word. It's, it's tough, one tough of the, it, to say on air. It's a very hard word to say, but it, it exists in boxing like no other, man. I mean, everyone now, everyone's like, oh, Spence, was, he was broken. He was a, he was a shell of himself. They say this now. But heading into Spence Crawford, that was the most coin flip of a 50-50 fight in Vegas, talking to everyone in there. No one could figure out who was going to win. There wasn't a single person that we ran into that was like, oh, Spence, I mean, he, he can't make the weight, uh, the, the accident. I mean, there were rumblings, but it wasn't like it is what you read now where people are trying to discredit the win from Crawford. Oh, Spence was never top five pound for pound. He was like 10 or 11 or like, the, the, it, you know, the, it's just wild to hear that. Uh, that's just a little side rant right there um hopefully you don't see any of that hope we see more activity next year so there's no more excuses uh, let's get into our awards it's time for the awards 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 we'll start i want to thank everyone who voted too we had over 150 um replies to our online vote um just the basics 
and not too many crazy awards here. Um, we'll start with moment of the year. Um, so many big moments, so many big things came out of 2023. You had Canelo going to PBC. You had Crawford beating Spence. You had Fury and Ganu. And who would have thought a fight that we were not too high on could produce a moment of the year where Fury gets dropped by Ngannou. That, to me, is my moment of the year. When Fury hit the canvas against Ngannou, my jaw hit the ground. Holy, holy shnikes, I said. All of a sudden, we got ourselves a fight. That's my moment of the year. What's yours? Mine's the same. Mine's the same. It was very, very close uh, with the announcement of Canelo to PBC. I, I thought that was huge. We did an emergency podcast when that was announced. That was fun. Um, that was a that was a big deal. I mean, and Canelo, anything is a big deal. But man, that Engano dropping Fury, that was like that. Like you said, that just put the boxing world on its head. And we're, I think, we're still reeling from it. Honestly, um, you know, it, it announced Francis Engano as actually being a player in the heavyweight division in boxing. It, it, it. Got him his career high payday. That his coach, coach, uh, coach Eric Nixick was just that was awesome. Did a really, I saw really that heart heartbreaking, heart wrenching interview about how you know that fight changed his life and how you know it, it basically brought him brought him to tears and to his knees. Um, how generous uh, Francis was, um, and also it shook up the heavyweight division because Tyson Fury, who was by far and away the baddest man around, looked very human and very beatable and was almost beat that night. And a lot of people think that he was. Yeah. So going in, going into a showdown with with Usyk for the undisputed now puts a lot of question marks and makes this a much more I think competitive fight in everybody's mind. So yeah, in terms of moment of the year, I think that's it because there was no one singular moment that affected the sport the way that that punch did. So that's why that's my moment of the year. Fifty five percent of our listeners voted Spence Crawford. Um, the reason I would disagree, I mean, it was an awesome moment. It was because mm-hmm. there wasn't one, I guess maybe the first knockdown in the second round, uh, I think we were like, oh, whoa, we've never seen Spence yeah. hurt, let alone knocked down. Um, you know, this is crazy. And then it was like a slow matriculation by the mid, you know, midway through the fourth where like this fight's over. And, and then it just turned into, wow, in real time, we were like, wow, this is an all-time great performance by, by Terrence Crawford. And, and that was definitely a, a big moment but in terms of just like one singular moment, like one moment from a fight, yep. Fury and Gano f- for us, but you can't go wrong with Spence Crawford. They got 55% of the vote for moment of the year. You move well, on. Our, our, our fans, our, our, our listeners are, are they're, they're true boxing heads, so they understand it. You know, so yeah, they, they went. They understand. They went. They right wanted that fight for so long. We talked about it for so long, but like you said, I, th- I think, I think the Francis and Ganu Fury, it because it shook the sport, and, and so the after effect of that moment, I think, for is sure. what makes it so, so the magnitude so much more. Prospect of the year. Um, there are some good ones in there. Uh, you know, every promotion has their prospects and we're seeing more of them because of these streaming things you know if you watch a top ranked card you almost have to tune in in the beginning to see the stars yeah. of tomorrow they have so many uh, whether it's the Vargas son I forgot his first name Emilio Vargas Emiliano Emiliano, Emiliano. Vargas it's Abdullah Mason uh, over at top rank they have so many more Bruce Carrington uh, and you go over to Golden Boy they have Floyd Schofield you go over to Matchroom you got Andy Cruz and I'm going with Andy Cruz um he is a prospect that's going to be on the fast track. I know Eddie Hearn has yeah. said that I'll put him in there with any lightweight right now. Uh, you know, the, obviously the Cuban background and the amateur success. And it's hard to even call him a prospect because I think he's so talented, but that is my prospect of the year. I think he's just so much more advanced than any other guys. I'm not diminishing any of the other names that I mentioned, but I just think Andy Cruz 
is going to have a big year if he gets those opportunities and he's my prospect of the year. Good, good pick, especially because, like you said, he could be he's uh, going to be fast tracked, fast tracked. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to pick a guy who's uh, more seasoned, but Andy's probably not that far behind him because he is going to move that fast. But it's, it's Xander Zayas. And I'm going to defend my pick. Is he a, is he a prospect? So this is where in defense of my pick, okay. because um, I do think he's still a prospect. I don't think he stepped into contender status because Diego Pacheco is really my he's I think he is the most talented guy. And he's on. I think he's I, contender, I think though. That exactly that last step, that last fight he fought that mm-hmm. put him into contender okay. status right. when he when he beat Benny uh, Conoceros, Conoceros. Yeah, because um, that was also wrapped in, ranked in the top 10 of all, every every uh, organization. So no longer a. A prospect. I think Xander's still on that cusp, and he's still there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get him in one last time because he's my guy, and I think he's super super talented. But also, when you think about a prospect, right? You think about their talent and their ability to become a superstar, right? Yeah. If we're talking about prospects, prospect of the year, right? So someone who's the most opportunity or most most potential. I think Xander has so much potential because one, I mean. Listen, he's a good-looking kid. He's very well-spoken. He's very disciplined. He works very hard in the gym. I've seen all that. His fights are fun to watch. And then lastly, dude, the Puerto Rican. Yeah. He can be an absolute star. New York City needs a Puerto Rican champion. They need a Puerto Rican star. He can be that guy. And he's been angling that for a couple of years now. Um, you know, they tried it with Berlanga. It didn't quite work out. Xander was always on those undercards right there. So I think with Xander, you've got a built-in fan base that can shoot him to superstar status very quickly. So that's why he's my pick. Yeah, I think this year is the last year for him to be prospect <clears throat> and then yeah. go into that and contender it's, mode. And it still might be a little, might yeah. be edging a little over. But <laughs> I think he's fighting February uh, at in the Garden. And as he gets bigger, he may go from the theater into the big room. I know that Top Rank has yep. that that those plans for him. He's Yeah, I would say he's teetering right on the edge of, of prospect contender. And that's going to come down to his opponents. Um, I think he has an opponent. He's fighting someone that's a former champion in... February. Xander Zayas, next fight. I want to pull it yeah, up. Yeah, I wasn't further. sure of, of, of the opponent. Um, he is fighting. Where is it? News. I can't find it. I'll find it afterwards. It's, it's, he's stepping it up. Um, he's been stepping up every fight. I can't find who it is. Next fight. This is going to piss me off now. I don't know. Uh, someone out there will. will it's, it's a step up. But point being is that in his next fight, um, and then in this year, he'll go from prospect uh, to contender, hopefully. Uh, let's go to knockout of the year. Uh, I think it's Nakatani over Maloney. I just saw another angle of it. Top rank posted on social media. It sounded like a sledgehammer. It's It, it was so violent. It was just a perfect punch. Not only that, too. And it was it was just poetry. It was, it's weird. That it can be so violent, but also like a beautiful punch. And oh, obviously, Maloney awesome. recovered from it, and he's fine. Um that, to me, is the knockout of the year. There was some other great ones. You know, Mendoza uh, chopping down the big tree that is Sebastian Fundora, Brian Mendoza. Good one. Very Joshua good one. over Hellenius. Uh, and then there were some good smaller one. ones. But to me, I think this is the most clear-cut. Um, Nakatani over Maloney did it for me. 52% of our listeners agree. Yeah, same. I was there. I was in the room that night. I was Because uh, I was on Haney the Loma. undercard of, of Loma and Haney. Uh, right. Haney Loma. And um, I remember because I, 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 I'm, I'm friends with the Maloney brothers. So I went great, in the back great and go dudes. check on them. We're all fantastic. Fantastic. Such nice kids. Um, and, you know, they got taken out of the stretcher and he was in the back and he was healthy. He had his, he had his, his family with him. Um, it was it was good to see him uh, healthy and well immediately after the fight. But, man, that was a brutal fight. And, 
you know, you, you, you've talked about, you know, the, the, the beauty and the violence together. That, that, that's boxing. I always say like, you know, a symphony of violence. That's, that's the, that's boxing at its purest form. And, um, Nakatani's awesome. And what he was able to do that night against a very, very tough Andrew Maloney. I mean, Andrew was bringing it too. He was, he was pushing the limit, trying to do everything he could. He was just outclassed, outgunned, out everything. Um, and Nakatani was like, man, what do I got to do to get rid of this guy? And, he just, he did something he wasn't really doing. He was throwing a lot of straight punches. He throws very technical stuff. He just rolled his head and boom, came right over the top with a, a brutal, brutal shot. And I mean, Maloney went down so hard. It was he brutal. was completely out. Brutal, brutal fight. H- uh, hard, hard punch to watch. But yeah, that's my knockout of the year based on uh, Nakatani being so damn good and Andrew being so tough. And just like you said, the sheer violence of it. Yeah, 53%, 27% had Mendoza um, over Fundora. That, that was... That could have been that could have been number one too. <laughs> that was a shocking thing too, on a lesser degree because Fandora um, wasn't a champ, but that was a, one of the bigger upsets of the year, which we'll get into too. Network of the year, fifty-seven percent of our listeners chose Showtime, and what it's interesting. Thirty-three. What were you other thirty-three watching? It was spread out. <laughs> I mean, Showtime put on the biggest fights. Oh, Forty-three. This year. Showtime put on the biggest fights this year. They were clearly in the U.S. or uh, putting on the the best. Big pay-per-view cards. I don't know what they were doing in Hell terms yeah. of non-pay-per-views, but it's ironic. The year that they go out of business, they had one of their best years. I think we picked them last year, too. We might Maybe I have to go check. But Showtime uh, was the network of the year for, for both of us. 26% went with the zone. Um, but for me, it was Showtime and PBC. I think last year I picked ESPN. I might have picked ESPN. It might have been ESPN. They were, giving, they were putting yeah, out some it, better, better, uh, better fights. But this year, clearly Showtime. I mean, they just put on the, the biggest pay, pay-per-views. And Network of the Year also goes in hand-in-hand with promotion, Promoter of the Year. That's PVC slash um, TGB uh, promotion. So, Well, even Eddie Hearn said that. He said, this is going to be your PBC. It is. I mean, it is. I mean, they put on the biggest fights because we knew what they were doing. They were trying to. They knew that Showtime was going to shutter their doors. Um, PBC knew this. So they put their best foot forward. And they, they were said, building their portfolio yeah. for, the, for the sales team. They were yeah. showing uh, Amazon Prime, and this is what we're capable of. And we, as boxing fans, benefited from it. Network of the year goes to Showtime. Uh, moving on, biggest upset. I love this category because I love an upset. Nothing gets me the juices flowing more than an upset story. And to me, I think there was no bigger upset than Rafael Espinosa beating Robesi Ramirez. It was uh, Espinosa was a eight to one underdog. Ramirez is a world champion. No one knew who Espinosa was. Tall, uh, featherweight with power and resilience. He was down in that fight. He scored a knockdown late. It was an awesome fight. He could be in the, in the category of fight of the year. Rafael Espinosa, yep. biggest upset. That's for me. Yeah, uh, mine as well. And you said, like, this could be fight of the year as well. Teddy Atlas, actually, uh, speaking to him last week, and he has this as his fight of the year Interesting. last year. Um, and... That was the same night as what? What other card? Who else was fighting? Haney Lomachenko. Oh, Haney Progre. And Progre, right. So uh, I remember doing a a post fight show for Pro Box and we got word that Ramirez lost. And we were like, I have it on camera being like, what? Yep. Like that. And that's that's what an upset's all about. Um, And that's coming from a guy who was 2014 Ring Magazine Upset of the Year. Cheers to that. So I I, I know a good upset when I see one. And uh, yeah, that was a fantastic fight. And it was one of those fights with Espinosa. He just was not leaving that ring without that belt. He, like a man possessed. That was an awesome, awesome performance. 
Um, I don't know if he can do it again because he was getting rocked multiple times throughout that night. But that night he was un- he was unbeatable. He was not losing that night. Um, I don't know what's going to happen if there's going to be a rematch or not. It sounds like there will be. But uh, I'm also very high on Rubisi, so that was surprising that much more. So upset of the year, absolutely. Espinosa Ramirez. This was the closest race we had. Forty point one picked um, Parker over Wilder. That's what our listeners um, okay. went with. Fresh in the minds. That makes sense. I mean, that was stunning, but. You know, Parker, former world champ. Who was Rafael Espinosa? He was, no one knew who he was. So Dude, I, I don't know. I remember, I, going, I remember looking at his record afterwards and being like, this guy literally fought nobody. Like he's fought no one anywhere. That's near. what I mean. And Robesi's a, you know, has an unbelievable amateur career. And yeah, he had that one loss in his, in his debut, but he was a world champ and he was, you know, a huge streaking, favorite, streaking, huge, really fan. finding himself. Right. And they had big plans for him to, you know, one day fight in a way. And it could still happen if he can beat Espinosa in the rematch, but, um, you know, Parker was, I guess, getting a little disrespected in the, in the fight week. This is a world champ. Um, I think a lot of people looked at that, that, um, that Joyce fight and kind of wrote Parker off, but yep. you know, that's what our listeners went with. They went with Parker over Wilder, not some other ones. Quick shout out to Zilhai Zhang, who had an unbelievable year. Um, friend of the show, friend of John boy media beat Joyce twice. Uh, first one was a massive upset. Second one was like a formality. So he had a great year. And then over, I, I lumped the women's fight into this. Um, Chantel Cameron beating Katie Taylor first time yeah. around in Ireland, dethroning Katie Taylor, winning all the belts, or excuse me, defending all her belts. That was a big moment, too. This just got overshadowed by some of these bigger fights. So those are some fun upsets uh, in 2023. Uh, performance of the year. Now this is interesting to me. This is a little more it's interesting a than one. fighter of the fighter of the year because you're looking at a singular performance. You had Tiafimo beating Josh Taylor. Uh, I Great tweeted out earlier earlier uh, this week that I don't think anyone had had a more important win than Tiafimo over Taylor in terms of where Tiafimo was in his career and now what he set up to do as a champ at 140 with huge fights with a Haney or a Ryan Garcia or a Subriel Matias. And he had to get past tough fight in Taylor. That was an awesome singular performance by Tiafimo. That was Haney. Uh, pretty much pitching a shutout over Progre, Bam Rodriguez, what he did to Sonny Edwards uh, just a few weeks ago. Inouye over Fulton, uh, you're not going to see a guy look more locked in than than Niowa Inouye was against Fulton, who was top fighter in that weight class, made him look like, uh, you know, down to nothing. Uh, And then Crawford Spence. Uh, Obviously, I'm going with Crawford over Spence. Um, 87% of our listeners, it's the biggest uh, portion of the vote of any category, picked Crawford uh, over Spence as performance of the year. What's yours? Yeah, Crawford over Spence. I mean, it, it's hard not to. Even though we had such good years, like everything you mentioned there. I remember Tiffany Lopez, he got our mid-year performance of the yeah. year. Remember, we, we, we talked about that. Um, and, you know, that, that, that fight was awesome. We were there. We were ringside. And, yeah, that was a fantastic fight. And then, in a way, Fulton, I was so impressed with because I actually thought Fulton had a chance to win in that fight. And he got completely dominated and not outpowered. He was outboxed. That was a, a really, really incredible performance from Inouye. But with Crawford Spence, the fact that he was able to make it so one-sided and essentially ended the fight in the second round when he knocked him down with a jab, mind you. Um, yeah, I, that's far and away the, the the performance of the year. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, it's a fun one because you get to look at one singular night and it's a sport that's all about singular performances, stringing together singular performances to make a career. Uh, and I think that that night we looked at Terrence Crawford um, in a new light. We looked at him as an all-time great. Uh, some did already, 
But even the heart, the biggest hater of Terrence Crawford became a fan that night. He became an all-time great in one night. He became the story of the year, I think, and um, it all because of that one night when he took out uh, Errol Spence. You Dan, to say it's easy. Chris? You only have to be great one night over and over and over again, and you're a great Twice fighter. a year. It's what a, what a great <laughs> line of work, boxers. Twice a year. We only need you to be perfect two nights out of your 365 days. Two hours a year. Well, they don't see Perfect. everything that goes in, to, you know, at the gym as he yeah, sips a martini. Most, that's the most casual way to put it possible. As he sips a martini. Uh, we get into fight of the year. There's only two left. Fight of the year. And I have a, a pretty interesting one. Um, and my reasoning here is because there were a lot of the brawls, right? We saw a lot of the, the ones that are nominated every single year. Um, this year it was Mungia Dervinchenko, brawl. Uh, mm. Crazy A versus Luis Neri, brawl. Uh, Espinosa versus Ramirez, both guys hitting the canvas, yep. slugging it out like rock and sock and robots. I went a little different here. I went with Haney, no, excuse me, I went with Spence Crawford huh. as my fight of the year because of what it meant. Like that was the fight of the year. That was the fight everyone in this office that doesn't even follow boxing. We're like Spence Crawford, Spence Crawford, Spence Crawford. The sporting world, the non-sporting world. That to huh. me, that was the major fight of the year yes it was one-sided it wasn't like some of these brawls that i just mentioned but that was the one that everyone stopped to watch that was the one that kind of stopped the, the sporting world for uh, a night and that was the fight we all wanted we got it and it was the fight of the year for me at least okay that's uh interesting interesting aspect i mean the fight was a dud but okay <laughs> i'm gonna go with more traditional i'm gonna go more with the the more traditional sense of fight of the year and i'm gonna <laughs> go uh luis neary and uh crazy a azat Havanasian. um I, that fight's awesome i watched it a couple days ago actually or last week rather uh when i was going over you know my picks for for fight of the year um and i mean it had everything i mean it was it was good boxing there was it was a back and forth there was ebbs and flows there was a lot of contact um, except for the stoppage, which I thought was a little premature. I thought it was a perfect fight, fun fight to watch. And, um, crazy a lives up to his name, man. He is a madman. He, he fights like he's shot out of a cannon, uh, a lot of fun, good power. Luis Neary, extremely, extremely talented guy. Good boxer puncher. I like his style a lot. So for me, that that's my fight of the year. Yeah. I'm not diminishing any of these fights. I enjoyed the hell out of uh, Mungia Dervinchenko and, uh, crazy a Neary and Espinosa Ramirez and, uh, Haney Lomachenko, I think, should be listed in here because um, no disrespect once again to the Neeries and the Hovacian, uh, uh, Crazy A's, the Mungias, the Dervinchenkos. Haney Lomachenko are, are a notch above in terms of skill set right now. And that, to me, was the fight where both guys were on the highest skill set. We talked about how this was a year of the big fight, right? A lot of those big fights were kind of one-sided, like in a way, just destroying Fulton, Crawford yep. destroying Spence. Tank knocking out Ryan, uh, Benavidez taking out Plant, uh, Canelo absolutely destroying Charlo. It was a lot of one-sided fights. There were big fights, but Haney Lomachenko was a big fight and it was also very competitive. And I think, unfortunately, the the ending of it or the the the, uh, the decision kind of takes away from the actual fight, and that's happened with Golovkin and, and Triple G, uh, their first two fights. Uh, more you mean, people uh, talk Canelo and, 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 and Triple G. That's what you I meant. Golovkin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Golovkin and Canelo, I feel like a lot of people look towards the decision rather than the 24 rounds. Their first 24 rounds are unbelievable. Same thing with kind of with Haney Lomachenko. That was an awesome fight. So technical. Two guys at the top of level going back and forth. So there was a little something for, for everyone. I think um, that's the beauty of this year was that you got the brawls. 
Um, you also got the big fights, and you also got like a Haney Lomachenko too. Yeah, I mean the Haney Lomachenko fight. I, I, I said that from the beginning. I'm like, this is high level stuff, and it's a great fight. Um, and like you said, it, it's a shame that the aftermath of the fight kind of diminishes how good of a fight it actually was. Uh, highly competitive, really technical stuff going on. High level boxing. I mean, brilliant level. And you, it's you, you people should watch that fight and study it because there's a lot of really amazing things that both guys are doing on both ends. Um, that really elevated Haney, obviously, because he brought it with him into the the Regis Pro Grade fight. But yeah, good, good, great point, Dan. Um, the our viewers, 42 percent chose Haney Lomachenko. So they agree with everything you just said, and uh, I didn't put Spence Crawford on there. Um, th- second, thirty-six percent, Ramirez Espinoza. People were really loved that. No Crazy A got no a, uh, a small percentage. These are all fun, fun fights. These are all are great ones. Okay, yep. fighter of the year. Now this was one of the <clears throat> most highly debated things on social media. Yeah. It was one of the most highly debated things in the boxing community this year. To me. When you have this much debate around fighter of the year, it just shows you that we are living in an age where we have some all-time greats uh, walking amongst us. And to me, it's a two-dog race. It's between Niowa Inouye and it's in between Terrence Crawford. Both had phenomenal years. Terrence Crawford only fought once. That's the one thing against him. But he had the most important win, in my opinion. Um, that was over Errol Spence. Niowa Inouye beats Stephen Fulton, and then he goes on and unifies and becomes undisputed uh, with another stoppage over Marlon Topolis in December. Two is better than one. Therefore, I'm going with Nayo Inoue. So close. Like, you can do a co-fighter of the year, but just the fact that what Inoue did in in one year and just fighting that extra that extra fight to become undisputed at another weight class, it's just, it's just there's too much hardware. There's too much. It's too impressive what he's doing. It's just he's an all-time great. I'm not taking anything away from, from Crawford, but if Crawford got another fight in, uh, and I understand that he beat Spence so one-sidedly that Spence couldn't even come back for their this, supposed to fight in December. So you can't really penalize him for that, but I'm going to penalize him for that because it's my show. It's our show. So, <laughs> Nayo Inouye, you are my 2023 Fighter of the Year. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and he's also mine. But uh, Crawford <laughs> made his case, and it was a very good one. He did. He did a social media uh, post about about uh, why he is fighter of the year and fantastic points. Can't knock any of them, but I'm going with you. I'm going two versus one. And the fact that in a way became undisputed two divisions, only the second man in history to do that. Um, Crawford and, was the other. Right. Crawford was the other. Uh, but anyway, did it in 300 and something days, like like just yeah, over a I think year, it was 380, some, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And if you look at his body of work, um, which it doesn't matter because we're talking about fighter of the year, um, it's it, it's incredible. I mean, the, the guy is just just if you just look at the numbers and what he's done, it's it's wild. His accolades. Um, but yeah, I, I, the Stephen Fulton fight, sure, he wasn't a, Stephen Fulton wasn't a top pound for pound guy like Spence was, and but he did dominate him in a similar fashion to how Crawford you know dominated Spence. Super one sided, beat him in every way possible. In a way, beat Fulton. But then he fought Topalis at, at his fourth weight class, fourth world title weight class. Topalis is a tough dude, man. Really tough dude. Awkward guy, physically strong. And he actually made Inouye look human. But Inouye just showed another wrinkle that he's a dog too. And he showed his doggedness and stuck to the game plan. And I'm getting him out of there. Knocked him out. Knocked him out pretty brilliantly. Straight out of hand. Guy took a knee and then went onto his own back. Took a full 10 count. That's super impressive. So Inouye's got my fighter of the year. 
congratulations, champ. We're going to see him for a long, long time. I can't wait to watch. He's appointment television, and he said he was like 70% for the Topalis fight, and then I think he may be overtrained or maybe fatigue is setting in, you know, three or four fights in 373 fights in 377 days. is Not a lot of fighters Massive are doing fights. that. Yeah. And guys, when fights are one-sided, the camp wasn't one-sided. Okay, the camp was hard. It doesn't matter how the fight turns out. The camp was hard, and it takes a lot out of you. Camps take a lot out of you. Take, I think camps take more out of you than fights. I, I, dude, sometimes fights, even when they look hard, they're not physically that demanding. Camps are way worse. Yeah, mentally, so. physically, everything. Uh, but in everything. a way, he said he wasn't at his best, and he still was able to drop uh, Tapalas in the fifth round and was able to get him out of there. It didn't go to the distance. It, he got a stoppage. That's another thing, yep. too, is how you win. Like, this guy is just it's just plowing through the competition in four different weight classes. Like you said, it is fighter of the year, but no one had a better year than Inoue in terms of accomplishments and how he did it. Um, shout out to Devin Haney, who had an unbelievable year. I mean, the guy, yes, he, did. He, he put out a goal. I don't know if you saw this. He put out um, his New Year's resolution or whatever, or his goals earlier in 2023, and it said to fight Lomachenko and then go up to 140 and become a champion. Guy did it. Oh. <laughs> Guy beat uh, Lomachenko, whether you think so or not. He got his hand raised. He beat Lomachenko, and he went on to find a champ at 140 in pro and pretty much shut him out. Um, he had an awesome year. If it wasn't for Crawford or Inouye, two all-time greats, and then uh, Devin Haney would have been fighter of the year. Then you have you know David Benavidez, who had two two nice wins uh, over Plant and Andrade, uh, who's building his case and becoming uh, fan friendly and everyone loves him. And, you know, Tank had uh, two wins. Um, one was really early in January, uh, two wins over two different Garcias. Um, it was a good year, good year for the top guys. Canelo got in there, fought Ryder, tough fight, also beat Charlo. That's not enough to win fighter of the year, but there were some uh, great performances. There were some good fighters. Uh, but to me, in a way, it's in a way in, in Crawford. And the fact that we're living in this in a way Crawford era is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, and and they're on most people's pound for pound list one and two, mine included. I got I so I, I gave Inouye fighter of the year, but pound for pound number one for me is Crawford. Well, that's different so, because that you can go over it's like a very different thing. You can yeah. go over more. There's more criteria. That's why I don't right. exactly love the pound for pound list because what is the criteria? But you can go more in terms of uh, career uh, accomplishments, and you can kind of get into like really split the hairs there. Seventy one percent of our listeners chose uh, Niowa Inouye. Um, so oh, shout wow. out to that. We yeah. have a very we have a very adept listener base. It's awesome. I love getting their thoughts and and letting our, uh, the listeners and the viewers and the core, the community, whatever you want to call it, uh, get involved uh, with the show. So shout out to all them. Yeah, man, it was a great year. Uh, I love doing these shows because um, we follow the sport day in day out. And this, I will say this: this was the most fun I've ever had in a year. I've been doing this for six, seven years now, just of covering the sport like on camera. Been following it my whole life. In terms of like my broadcast career, this 2023 was the most fun by far. Whether it was being at the biggest fights uh, through John Boy Media and PPV.com and like being a part of it and like covering it like boots on the ground or doing this show week in, week out and covering it on social media. It was just, just so much fun. And it was because we had every week we had something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, and this is my first year as a full-time media pundit, boxing media pundit, which is uh, a, a, par, a part, partly a death of me. Of no, bro, this is, a, this is your new life, bro. You're about to yeah, be... This is, my new, this is my new gig, but... You're about uh, to be like yeah, the no, Stephen A. of boxing. And on top of that, um, this was, you know, as a fan, this was the best year of my boxing life. 
as a, as a fan watching, this was this was my most memorable year of all the fights that actually end up happening and how much we were involved and how many of those big fights we were at, whether we were covering them for IBL or I was working them for commentating. We were at every big fight and uh, we had a presence and, we're, and we're, we're carving a presence into this sport um, in a big way. And we, we covered a lot of ground this year. So. Yeah. That's, that's that's an award to us. Cheers, cheers to us. <laughs> Here's for our award, the smaller trophy right here. Now, and the award to everyone out there because we don't we don't get to do it unless there's a demand for it, unless people are watching, listening, uh, taking in the content. Um, enough of the sappy stuff. Um, looking ahead, lastly, looking into that 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 big ball. What do they call it? Damn it, damn it. Um, crystal ball. Take two. Crystal ball. Looking ahead, Chris, into the crystal ball. Predictions. Last year, I went back and watched last year's show, this prediction part. We were so off. I think you predicted Keyshawn Davis to be world champion. I said, there's no way in hell we get Spence Crawford. Boxing sucks. We were down and out last year. <laughs> last year was tough. I went back and watched. We were like pathetic. We were so yeah. down. We were downtrodden. Um, Guess what? We're going to do We're gonna do it again. Yeah. Because that's how crazy boxing is. What's going to happen in 2024? What's your boldest take? Or it doesn't have to be bold. It's just like one prediction. Shoot, I haven't really thought about this. I know I, I didn't write one out. I think that I'll go first. I think Fury's gonna lose this year. Um, it's mm. not that bold. I mean, he's trending down. Um, oh, I got mine. I think he beats Usyk, but I think Fury, the heavyweight uh, championship, changes hands. Uh, it might be Joshua, uh, Anthony Joshua. Um, what else? I think you go now. I'm trying to think of some more. Uh, I'm saying Crawford is retiring undefeated this year. Wow. Elaborate more so we have more for the social media clip. Well, honestly, he might not even fight again. Depending on depending on all these things and how they turn out, he's not getting younger. It, you know, it's it's tough when you get to the, to the top end because negotiations take so long and, and the opportunities that are there are there and they're not there. Um, Crawford has already alluded to he only had a couple more fights left. Um, but regardless, even if he does fight, I think he fights and whoever fights, he, he beats. If he fights Spence again, that's the, it's going to be the money grab. He beats him again. And then he goes up and tries to fight like a Charlo, um, or a Canelo, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, so I could see him fighting like Spence early in the year and then maybe the Charlo fight happens. But I think this is going to be the, the last year we see, uh, Terrence Crawford as a professional boxer. You know, what's funny is because we don't really have, he doesn't have a plan all of a sudden. Like Spence, no one wants to see the Spence fight. Jamel Charlo uh, put up such a goose egg against uh, Canelo where he really hurt his image inside of the ring, and then he completely hurt his image outside of the ring uh, with some legal stuff that's still being worked out. So Jamel, you can't count on Jamel Charlo versus um, Crawford, which I thought was an easy shoe-in for a huge fight in 2024. So that's out the window. So is Crawford going to go to 154 and fight Spence? Is he going to go 154 and fight Zoo? Uh, is he going to fight Boots? Like, I don't think he's going to fight Boots, but I will say this about Jerron Ennis. I think he has his breakout year, finally. Um, mm. He becomes a the legit champ at 147. Boots becomes a big star in the sport uh, this year. Um, heavyweight division, I'll say this, 2024 will move. We'll see things happening. There'll be big fights because of Saudi Arabia. I think we need a little push, and the push came in the form of tons and tons of money coming from the Middle East, but I think there'll be a lot of meaningful heavyweight fights in 2024 when there really weren't any uh, in 2023, and that's really it. Uh, and that's the, that's the only way 2024 can be better than 2023 because we had so many good fights, but we, had, we we lacked in the heavyweight division. If the heavyweight division can pick up the slack of 2023, yeah. 2024 is going to be an even better year. Yeah, I think Haney ends up at 147. Um, I think Tank 
I still thought I don't think Tank's gonna fight one of the, the names that we want him to fight. I think I we think see so Ryan Garcia. I don't think Tank Haney ever happens. No, I don't think so either. I think I, I don't, don't think think see, see I think we see Ryan Garcia back in some big meaningful fights. We see Tiafimo Lopez versus Subrio Matias. Uh I think we mm. see that in June. In terms of that's one thirty five to one forty, one forty seven. I think Jerron Ennis takes Tino's over. Tino's got a tough fight with that Jermaine Ortiz, man. I'm that's looking tough, forward to that's that one. That's a tough pick. That's, that's in February. There's some good fights coming Very up, too, fight. in January. We'll get back to that next week. But it's just going around the weight classes. Middleweight, I feel like, who cares? Uh, maybe Janabek <laughs> continues to just fight something. Nothing, Janab- I don't see anything Janabek happening. becomes undisputed. I don't see anything happening at 160. I don't see any prospects. I don't see anyone jumping up to that division. Canelo, Benavidez. Okay, there it is. 2024. If Ooh. we don't get Canelo, Benavidez, then it is a failed year. To me... That is the mm. number one fight to make in the sport. So you're putting the health of the sport on Canelo Benavides. I did Yikes. this with Spence and Crawford. I said if Spence Crawford... Yes, you did. If Spence Crawford was not made in 2022, we have failed. If Canelo Benavides are not staring at each other in a ring and we're not there, boxing has failed once again. It's the number one fight to make in the sport. All right, that's, that's, that's the prediction on IBL this year. That's the one. That is the that's the bold stance being taken. Has to happen. Has to. No, no, it has to happen. Us ending the show. Thank you, everyone. I'm I'm on my third martini, so it's time to go. (laughs) Thank you, everyone who tuned in. Uh, We have great big plans for 2024. As always, stay out of those. Uh, I fucked it up. As always, keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs unless you have martinis. (laughs) 